one, two. Check one, two, one, two. Good. You ready? This is all. Hey, it's Cassidy Pope, Gabby Barrett. It's Darius Rucker. Country. Hey, y'all, this is Luke Bryan. We're Runaway June. It's Scotty McCreary. Hey, it's Russell Dickerson here. News. Big news from George Strait, Chris Stapleton, and Little Big Town. New music from Brothers Osborne and an interview with Alex Hall. I'm Rebecca Porter, and here's everything you need to know in country music for the week of September 18th, 2023. You're listening to All Country News. This All Country News podcast is brought to you by Beach Life Ranch Festival. The three-day festival in Redondo Beach, California, celebrates the coastal cowboy in all of us. See Brad Paisley, Winona Judd, and more at this year's festival, September 22nd through the 24th. Get your tickets at BeachLifeRanch.com. And now for the hottest news in country this week. Have to kick things off with a super insane touring announcement. George Strait, Chris Stapleton, and Little Big Town are hitting the road on a nine-stadium tour in 2024. The tour kicks off in Indianapolis and ends in Las Vegas. You are not going to want to miss out on this. There's absolutely no way that these are not going to sell out. So make sure you get your tickets. They go on sale this Friday, September 22nd at 10 a.m. local time via georgestraight.com. Congratulations are in order for Luke Bryan, who just celebrated his 30th number one at a star-studded celebration. You will not believe all the incredible people who were there with him to celebrate, so make sure you check that out up on allcountrynews.com. This next item of news is for all my fall lovers out there, as well as all my Reba McIntyre fans. She has partnered up with 40 farms across the country as they host Reba-themed corn mazes in celebration of her upcoming lifestyle book, Not That Fancy, Simple Lessons on Living, Loving, Eating, and Dusting Off Your Boots. From her home state of Oklahoma to Florida, New York, Texas, and even Utah, fans can be a part of this one-of-a-kind collaboration. The footage from this is absolutely insane. Make sure you head to our site now to check it out and see if one of them are in your area. I am such a huge fan of hers, and I definitely am hoping to make it out to one of these. Lainey Wilson just had an epic show at Billy Bob's in Texas. Not only did it feature the incredible Randy Travis, but a solo on a megaphone. And yes, you heard that right. There were weather issues as well as other challenges throughout the show that made her had to play an acoustic set and then even sing when you say nothing at all on a megaphone, which I literally would have paid like hundreds to see. You can check out all of this footage up on allcountrynews.com now. I have your heartwarming news for the week, and that is Jelly Roll granting Make-A-Wish to a young fan. The footage from it will definitely give you all the feels And not only did she get to meet Jelly Roll, but also Ashley McBride as well. You can check that out up on his TikTok page now. Chris Stapleton, more news for you on him yet again. It was just announced that he'll be the new voice of the Monday Night Football Anthem. Chris has teamed up with Snoop Dogg and drummer Cindy Blackman to do 
cover of Phil Collins' classic song, In the Air Tonight, an abbreviated version that will take viewers into the game's open with announcers Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. This will kick off week two of the Twin Bill, so keep your eyes peeled. I am so excited for this one. My boyfriend is football obsessed, so I usually end up watching a lot of the games, and now this one will be for me, him too, he's a Chris fan, but I am so excited to watch football now. Country newcomer Oliver Anthony canceled his Knoxville show due to unfair ticket prices. He went to social media to share a video where he talked about his disappointment at the prices the venue were charging and said that tickets should be no more than $40 at most, and he's working on rebooking a show for everybody. I think this is such a great take. You know, everything has gotten so expensive, so out of hand, especially for concert tickets, and you know, it's hard for me because I have spent a lot of money on concert tickets for my favorite artists, knowing that I may not see them for anywhere from two to maybe even six years, depending on how long of a hiatus they go on. So, you know, I am definitely a culprit of helping drive up ticket prices. So it's nice to see an artist who really cares about the fans and making sure that people get to see him at a fair price. I absolutely love that. Zach Bryan teased a new collab with Noah Khan and Bon Iver, and I'm pretty sure the world almost stopped when this was announced. I can't even imagine what this is going to be like. I just, all three of these guys, absolutely insanely talented. There's no way this one doesn't go to number one. Speaking of new music, we have to talk about Miranda Lambert's new release with Apple Music, Driving Back There in My Mind. And it's all a part of this new program they have called Lost and Found. And the initiative showcases unreleased tracks written by renowned Nashville songwriters and reimagined by contemporary artists in spatial audio. She shared with Apple Music that there are so many gems laying around Nashville that have never made their way into their light yet, and I love that this project is shedding light on those songs. And with my career, if I hadn't picked outside songs, I wouldn't have some of the biggest hits of my career. So I think it's important for artists that are writers to really remember you don't have to write everything that you cut. A lot of your friends in this town are pouring their hearts out every single day to make the best songs available to us, and they're right there. We just have to find them. Let's get to some new music this week. First up, we have Stephen Wilson Jr., who shares his Midwestern tale in his debut double album, Son of a Dad. This album is 22 tracks, and it's absolutely insane, top to bottom. This is one of those projects where I'm not going to pick out a few songs for you to listen to. It's meant to be listened to all the way through, and what incredible tales he has to tell. Make sure you check this one out. Wade Bowen pays homage to his own ramblin' soul in the latest single, Lovin' Not Leavin'. And it's all about having that kind of traveler spirit of not wanting to be tied down, but meeting someone that you love so much, they keep you in that one place. Really special song and great storytelling. Rising country artist Marin Taylor challenges her inner thoughts in her powerful new tune, In My Head. And it's all about the struggles that we go through inside our minds, the battles that we all have on a daily basis with ourselves. And I think that's a really important 
thing to talk about. I know it's something everyone can relate to. And I love this song. I think the lyrics are great. She says that one of her idols are Carrie Underwood, as well as Taylor Swift, and I can totally see that. So if you're fans of them, I definitely think you'll be a fan of her. Ben Gallagher released his latest single, Stomp, and this one is country through and through. It has an insane old school like guitar riff on it, which you can see him playing up on his Instagram page now. And it's just all about enjoying the simple things in life. I love this one, and he is definitely an artist to watch out for. Blue Ridge Mountain-based Americana band, The Steel Wheels, have gifted us with another new track titled Easy On Your Way. And without being too punny, this song is very easy to listen to. It has a great kind of folk kind of true kind of backcountry vibe to it, and I am living for it. Make sure you check it out. This next one I was so excited about. Breelin has released six new tracks in his project, Cross Country, The Extra Mile, and every single one of them is absolutely stellar. You know, you've heard about him. There's no way you haven't. He's collaborated with so many amazing people over the last few years, and he's one of those people that is just not going anywhere. He's so talented. He has such a killer voice. And again, I just can't pick one of the six tracks for you to listen to. That's how perfect they are. Make sure you check them all out. Sam Williams honors his late grandfather with his take on the Hank Williams classic, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. This one is so incredible. It sounds so different from the original, but in the most incredible way. He definitely did this justice. Another must-listen for the week. Wyatt Edmondson released his debut album, Made for the Road, and it is absolutely spectacular. I absolutely adore Take This Train, but every track is fantastic. Make sure you add this one to your weekly playlist. Next up, been absolutely dying to talk about this one. Brothers Osborne released their self-titled fourth studio album that is full of the most incredible songs. I literally could go on and on about this album, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to say it's another release top to bottom perfection. Make sure you listen to it all the way through. It's going to be one of those classics that stands the test of time. This next artist I'm also a huge fan of. His name is Alex Hall, and he just released 10 incredible tracks through his project, Side Effects of the Heart. And he seriously is just one of those artists that comes along and you're like, where have you been hiding? He's also already had some pretty killer collaborations even before this project so if you haven't yet make sure you check this out but also his whole catalog he's another artist to watch out for he's going to be a huge star next we need to talk about our video of the week video of the week this week's video is larry fleet playing earned it the hometown video which features all of these incredible shots of him with his family and it's so beautiful. Go check the video now on allcountrynews.com or anywhere you follow us on social media. I'm so excited to throw it over to Bobby Dixon and Alex Hall. 
normally I kick things off and I ask, you know, who's on your playlist? What are you listening to? But I remember we both have a, you know, just a really big exception, uh, obsession with Vince Gill. So yeah. I think we're going to kick it off with that. Like, <laughs> what is your favorite Vince song? Like, what's your go-to Vince song? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's a little cliche, I think. But if I had just to go to one Vince song, it would probably whenever you uh, be whenever you come around. That's I know it's cliche because I feel like everybody loves that song. <laughs> but um, but it's it's I don't know. It's just it's one of my favorites. I mean, he has so many great ones that I, I listen to often. But that if I had one, uh, that would be it. What about you? That's the same. And I yeah. love, I love, uh, and then I loved when Chris Stapleton, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Just did his rendition on uh, CMT Giants. So yeah. I'm like, okay, can we get the two of them to do something together <laughs> and like put it out? Because oh, I, I feel between the two of us, it would be a billboard number one because we, I mean, I know that I would stream the heck out of it. That is for sure. I, I, I actually, I, uh, I've seen Vince at the Opry a few times recently that I've been, I've been playing at the Opry a lot here lately. And, um, he was sick like a few, few weeks ago we were playing it and he was sick and it was just him and his guitar, uh, by himself. And he came out and did all of the, the songs that you want Vince to do. I mean, he did all of them. And he uh, he played that one as well, and I had never actually heard him play it live before because he's always done other songs or whatever it was. And weirdly enough, like hearing him sick and acoustic at the Opry, like all of the things, it was just this really cool magical moment um, and uh, and such. But it's yeah, I I love I love Vince, and I sing that one a lot live, and I'm actually covering another Vince song um, on on tour right now that, that we're going to be doing. So yay! Well, I love that. I know seeing him is like such a i mean live is such a bucket list thing have you seen his christmas show i haven't actually I, I, there's been multiple times that i've tried to go and every single time something has happened and i haven't been able to make it but i'm fingers crossed this year if i think they're gonna I imagine they're gonna be yeah i think they're already on sale so i'm like trying um, to gather my family be like let's all <laughs> christmas gift to one another I'm, i I'm know like, that's a lot. I'm like, but it's going to be wonderful. It's, it's, I mean, it seems magical. And I, I definitely hope that I'll be able to make it this year. But no, no, so far, I have not been able to see one, uh, unfortunately. But but there, there's still time. There's still time. I know there's still time. Well, I learned something new about you. I didn't realize you grew up on a horse farm. I did. Yes. I grew up rodeoing and uh, barrel racing my whole childhood, basically. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is that something you are still able to do? Or is that long gone? able is is the word there i, I i'm sure i'm able to do it um i do i do it no uh it's been a minute i the last time i've been on a horse was uh, it's been a few years now my i grew up on a small horse farm in north georgia so i grew up my mom i come from a long line of uh farmers and cowboys and all of the above back hundreds of years on my mom's side of the family so i definitely grew up around all of that um, and then our last horse that we had where I grew up, uh, it passed away in 2018, I believe. And that was the last one because I, I had, I was the last of my family really to quit riding. And I, I traded all of it in for, for the guitar. Um, yeah. when I was 15, I started playing in bars and stuff. And that took so much of my time that I had to kind of choose one or the other. And, uh, and I clearly chose music. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so it's been a minute since I have really done that. Uh, but I did, I did it, you know, really from the time I could walk, I started riding horses and then I, I competed until I was about 15. 
Holy cow. Well, yeah. something else I learned about you is that you had to bribe your guidance counselor <laughs> in high school. And it was so fun when I was reading that, I was like thinking back to my guidance counselor and that he probably never would have fallen for that. So like, <laughs> what was like, talk to me, obviously something drew you in about music. So yeah, you were playing in bars at 15. So kind of walk me how you kind of bribed your high school to let you do what you wanted. <laughs> well, you know, bribe is again, it's words are words are funny because words are funny. <laughs> it's, I definitely had to do a little bit of bribing, but it was yeah. also I, I was very fortunate to have uh, just really great educators and a great school system around around me as a, as a as a kid. And um, I wouldn't have started to pursue music the way that I did without a few very specific teachers that pushed me in that direction as well. Um, so I was really fortunate for that. But it did come to a point when I was in high school where I was playing so many shows that between making trips to Nashville to write songs, which I grew up about five hours uh, south of Nashville. And and so I started making trips back and forth to write often. And then I was playing really five to six days a week, whether that was like an acoustic show on Monday and Tuesday night and then band shows on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then singing at church and all of the above. Like I was just doing it all the time. And so by the time I was about a junior in high school, I believe it was, um, I had started getting booked by a booking agency out of Nashville here, one of the one of the big majors. And they started booking my shows and I got really busy and, and it got to the point where I was just missing school like all the time. Uh, and, and they basically did come to me and were like, look, you have two options. You're either going to not miss any more days or we're going to have to kick you out of school, basically, because I had missed so much. Um, and so, again, the long line of cowboys and all of the above, I come from a very long line of bullshitters as well. And, uh, and so yeah. I kind of, you know, I kind of probably bullshitted my way out of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I, I was, I was honest in the fact of like, I, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I was already very clearly doing it and, and nothing was going to deter me from doing it. And I just, I just knew that. And so, you know, I kind of explained to them what it was that I was doing, which they were somewhat familiar with already, but that, you know, I was making money doing this. Oh, it wow. was my career path. Um, and I was moving to Nashville as soon as I graduated with or without their, you know, their help. And so I did drop out of high school, actually, the, the summer in between my junior and senior year, I dropped out and withdrew from my high school and I was going to finish school online. And I uh, very quickly found out that that was also not going to happen yeah. uh, because one, I just didn't have the discipline. And again, I didn't care. I just didn't care. I, I knew I wanted to play guitar and I wanted to move to Nashville. And so I, uh, I, I re-enrolled right before uh, my senior year, like literally the day before it started, they let me back in. I finished out my senior year and I'm very thankful that I did. And, uh, and then I moved to Nashville. So, and I never went to college or anything like that. I, I got a publishing deal fairly quickly here and started getting paid to write songs and all that. But yeah, so I definitely did some finagling and some, <laughs> some, uh, some creative licensing to, to say the least, I guess, to get my way through it, but I did finish and, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that Great. I did. I feel like, you mean, I have some cousins that are either newly in college or are about to graduate high school. You know, we talk with our family all the time, you know what I mean? Asking kids so young what they want to do for the rest of their yeah. life sometimes seems like a big feat, but clearly that was not the case for you. So <laughs> what was that moment or maybe even that song that kind of was like, nope, yeah. this, this is what I'm going to do. Do you, do you remember having like a finite moment like that for you? You know, 
I always loved music. I, I, I knew very early on, and it was really Elvis, uh, clichély, I guess, to say the least, because I think a lot of folks are, you know, are, are influenced by Elvis. Um, but I, I was fascinated by him, and, uh, and not even just the music, but just like the way he looked and the way he dressed and the, everything about him I was just obsessed with from a really early age. And, and so I always kind of had that, like, desire to sing and to even I was incredibly shy, but I, I always, I was, I was very shy really up until uh, I was in my early 20s, I would say. Um, but music was an outlet for me that I'd never felt that way in. And I don't really know why um, that was, but so I don't, I don't know if there was ever like an exact moment of like, I know this is it, but I just knew that there was never anything else. That was the thing is like, I, 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 I clicked very quickly with the guitar and I clicked very easily with singing. It was always effortless to me. Um, and, and whereas like anything else in life really wasn't, um, <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, yeah, it's like, I think that's when, whenever you find out, you know, whether it's, you know, journalism or whatever it is that you're doing, it's, I think if there's something that is very specific that you're, that you're following and trying to, to achieve, it's not even that it's like, Oh, well, I just wanted to sing. It's like, it's like, no, that's just the thing that like, you're just you're supposed to do you know I, whether whether you believe in it or not I, i'm 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 a christian i believe in god and everything and I, and I just am a firm believer that like that is the gift that i was given and that's one music is obviously the base of it but it's also to connect with people and to uh hopefully spread light throughout the world and and just bring joy and love and and all that amongst it through music and so i feel like that's a gift that i was given fairly early on and so uh I don't know. I don't know if there was a moment or a song that was like, this was yeah. it. It was just something that just felt natural to me and, and that I just, I can't see myself doing anything else. I love it. So you moved to Nashville fairly young. I feel like that's pretty common. You know, I mean, either yeah. people traveling back and forth or saying sayonara to their hometown and coming right after high school. But what surprised you the most, maybe in those first couple of weeks of you being in town? You know, I, I've talked about this a little bit, but it's, it's actually been a minute, but I, I was playing a lot of shows around my hometown and around the Southeast when I lived there. And they were like some bar shows. I'd open up for some folks and stuff like that, but they, they were, they were shows and I did really well with it. And, you know, coming from that where you're, you, 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 you kind of think you're a big deal, you, you, especially in your hometown, you know? Um, and so you come from that and that's the same idea that you think that's going to happen when you move to Nashville, you're just going to carry that and move on and it's going to be this big thing. And I think that was the thing that shocked me the most and also was the most difficult for me to break through all of that was the fact that it didn't happen overnight and in and granted i was very fortunate that a lot of stuff did happen very quickly for me um compared to some other folks stories or whatever uh, but at the same time i was anticipating it just being like you hear the story of somebody went to a bank and met, met the bank teller and then next thing you know they've got a record deal and all of this stuff yeah. And it's like, that's just what I imagined was going to happen because that's what you hear in all the interviews and stuff. And that just wasn't it. It just wasn't that simple. And, and you know, I was also, I think I was 19. I was, I was either late 18, early 19 years old when I moved here. And, you know, I didn't realize how much like everywhere that everybody went, you had to be 21 to really get into. So like that was an obstacle, which I did get around and I figured it out. And, you know, I made friends with the bouncers and all of the above and, 
And uh, there were only two bars that I could go to, but I was very, you know, I, I could get in those two bars. I love that. And, uh, so I don't know, it was stuff like that more so than anything, I think, was just really the the idea of what I thought it was going to be and and how different it was and, and the challenges that came along with that. And also the challenges of being a kid and moving away from home for the first time. And in the, it's no different than going to college or whatever else it is, except I wasn't going to pay for an education i was just trying to survive in a city and and make a name for myself and so i think it's just all of those natural states of transitioning from being a child to an adult and and figuring it all out in, in a city that also is just uh very community based and very kind but also very brutal um and so it's just figuring all of that out and i think that was the thing that i really was uh not sure how that was going to be perceived yeah. So flash forward, you've done some killer collabs with some of my favorite people, obviously to Neil, yeah. you with Caitlin, and now you are continuing the tradition of partnering yourself with some badass women. You're opening up for Tanya Tucker. How the yeah. heck did that happen? That's awesome. Tanya's amazing. I mean, I, I, I had the fortune of uh, touring with her back in 2019 as well, actually. Uh, we did some dates together, which was awesome. And um and so it's fun to get back out with her, but we have the same booking agent. So that helps out a little bit. Yeah, that usually um, helps. <laughs> it does help a little bit, you know, but all that, all that being said, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to the artist and their team choosing who they tour with. And so I'm, you know, I'm very thankful that they like my record and like yeah. me as an artist and everything else as well. Uh, but it's, it's really neat, you know, it's getting to tour with people that I grew up listening to that are real country music. I mean, she's getting inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame this year, you know, which is amazing. Um, and so to be able to just be a small part of that story by opening up shows for her or whatever that might be, um, is just, you know, it's amazing. And it's, you clearly are a huge country music fan yourself and stuff. So it's like to be able to be a part of that. And, uh, and, and I, I love country music so much and I love the, the tradition and the history of it. And so, and she clearly, man, is such a huge part of that, especially for the women in country music, um, which like you said, I, I really love and, yeah. and connect deeply with um it's pretty special so I'm, I'm excited to go out on tour with her and, and it kicks off this week actually so it's uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that i know well i'm super excited about your debut project it's been a little bit we have been waiting <laughs> you have been breadcrumbing us along but side effects of the heart i mean you're continuing this awesome tradition again of partnering with just some badass women so talk to me about working with brandy i feel like yeah. that is such a bucket list item and was she always kind of in the back of your mind for a collab um not really to be honest uh i've been a fan of hers gosh since before i even moved to uh to nashville to be honest just as a songwriter goes and and uh and her records are, are always just amazing um but i i met brandy back in 2020 i guess it was during the pandemic we were supposed to be going out on uh on her first tour for that record and uh and then the pandemic happened and so that shut everything down obviously and then that's actually the we got set up on a zoom call to uh to write that was the first time that we met because we were all stuck at home and and tour had just been postponed at that time and uh and so and we wrote women and horses actually that that day um, that was the first song that we wrote together. We've written many songs since, and we've toured many times together now and we in the States, and we toured for nearly three weeks over in Europe together last year, which was amazing. Um, and then I knew as soon as we wrote Women and Horses that I was going to be recording it for my debut record. And we had actually written it before Six Strings was done and stuff, but I didn't feel like it fit uh, Six Strings in that capacity. And so we held on to it for the record. And I've been playing it out live for years now and, and all of the above. And 
And so, uh, you know, when we actually recorded the song for Side Effects of the Heart, it just, I had sang the harmonies on it originally and all of the above myself, which because I sing most of them uh, myself on the record. And, and it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't have the honesty that I feel like it was it needed. Um, and so we played around with, uh, with who would be cool on it. And then I just was sitting there. I was like, well, why don't we just get Brandy to do it? I mean, it's, she, she wrote the song with me. And there is nobody that I think in our, in our time in country music that tells a story quite like she does. Like she just has this gift of that. And even her singing a harmony line on this song to me, it, it just brings the story into a whole nother honest place. Um, not only for myself, but I feel like for the listeners as well. Um, and so it just, it just made sense. And so we, we were fortunate enough that she said yes. And um, I think she actually recorded the vocal in New York cause she's doing, she's, yeah. they were doing their musical for, uh, for Shucked on Broadway yeah. and it was releasing at the time. And so they were really in the thick of it. And so we, pulled her out of there and thankfully she she gave us a little bit of time and so yeah on a via zoom call we uh, recorded the vocals and everything and, and got it done and, and it was pretty pretty cool so um I'm, I'm thankful that we were able to get her to be a part of that i love it just being a writer yeah. yeah well i also love you keep on kind of bringing up this whole theme of honesty and i feel like the whole record just is so seeped in that every song is so honest and you can really Put yourself in every kind of scenario. I think my favorite is Denim and Diamonds, though. Nice. So why did that one have to be on the record? We wrote that actually the same day uh, as I Know a Guy. We wrote both of those songs in the same day. Um, and I wrote it with Shane McAnally and Josh Osborne and Pete Good, who are all amazing. And uh, and Pete specifically is who I've, I've made all of these records with through the years now. Um, but Denim and Diamonds was an interesting one because uh it's it's you know a little bit on the sexier side of things it's a little more, more it's romantic groovy. it's groovy <laughs> uh it, it, the topic of the lyrics i don't talk about a whole lot in songs um which i didn't really realize that i don't do that uh but i don't and um and i had the idea for denim and diamonds as a song and i didn't really know what it meant i had just heard somebody in passing talk about say it in a phrase and i, and I wrote it down and thought it was really cool and um and I wanted to write a, a song that felt like very retro and throwback. And and honestly, and this is probably very random, but like I, I had this vision of the way that it would sound to kind of be like the uh, the setting of Urban Cowboy, the John Travolta movie from like the late seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that's very specific and random, but that's how in my head I envisioned okay. the entire song. It's like my grandfather's favorite movie, so I know that's amazing. Like, no exactly kidding. what you're talking about. <laughs> that's amazing. So, like, if you envision that, that's yeah. kind of where my head was of where I wanted that that song to sound like. And so Shane and Josh and Pete are just amazing, and and I kind of told them that, and and it, I think it was Shane that actually ran with the idea of like denim and diamonds is something that you you can take off of somebody. It's something that's tangible, and I we we're off to the races from there. I think we wrote that song in literally like 25 minutes in the middle of writing. I know a guy, uh, we took a break from, I know a guy and wrote denim and diamonds really quickly. And, I love uh, that. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the story behind that one, but it's, it's, it's fun because it is a little different than the rest of the songs. I think on yep. the record, you know, it gives a little bit of a different, a different thumbprint, uh, in a good way. I, I hope. And I'm I glad that you it. Love it. No, yeah. I mean, it was my favorite. It immediately caught my ear. But I normally ask, like, with a debut project, like, why name it this or why start it off with this? But I'm going to ask you, why end it with dad now? I know you guys just <laughs> celebrated uh, your son's second birthday. So, yeah. you know, I mean, that's it's a big stamp. It's kind of really letting everybody know who you are and who you are as a person outside of music. So talk to me about yeah. why ending the project with that song was so important. 
You know, I, to be honest with you, I, I played with putting that song in a, a million different places on the record because yeah. originally it was going to be dead center of it. Yeah. Uh, and so you would flip because I, I was thinking of it as a vinyl record because I, I love vinyl and stuff. And that's a big part of this record as well. Um, and so I was like, it'd be really cool for it to end flip and then go to another setting with dad now. And it just never felt right. I, I'm, I'm, I say it a lot, but I'm a lot about feelings and, and the, the way stuff like the ride of it all and everything. And I, and I believe records are, are the same way when you're listening to it, they're, they're supposed to take you on a journey. And, uh, and so we played around with it and it just seemed like the right thing to do because one, I feel like that's, that was really the, either the last or the second to last song that I finished for the record in, in general. So it was kind of the ending of it all anyway. Um, and two, you know, I feel like it's just really, I connect with this song more and more uh, as, it, as it lives on through throughout time. And, and I feel like it's really where I am in life when I wrote it and where I am right now. And so I feel like that's a great way to end a record to get into whatever's going to come next after that. And, um, and, and it's just a cool moment because it's just myself. It's my wife playing violin on the song because she... No yeah, she, she's classically trained in violin and played all through college and then kind of put it away. And I've really not even heard her play that much, but I, uh, I've forced her to break it out to, to record on this song with me. And then obviously uh, Preston, my son, makes a little appearance at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I don't know, it just felt right. And, and you know, it, it just has, a, a, there's a deep honesty. Every, every line of that song is true. And, and I feel like it's just a really great way to segue into whatever happens next and to, and to continue on where I am, like I said, right now in, in life and with fatherhood and, and marriage and, and life in general. And so um, I don't know. I, th I just thought it was a, it, it seemed like the right place yeah. to put it. Yeah. No, I, I, mean, I don't know how you follow it up. You say that like I love the idea of the vinyl flip, but I love that it just ends in such a tender place. Like it's just like such a sweet little bow. But does your son have a favorite song off the album? He does. Oh, he does, okay. Actually. I got to know. Which one is it? It's Easy on a Heart is, yeah, uh, so is his song, which I, I also very much love that song a lot. Uh, and that's another amazing female artist singing on there that I wrote it with is uh, Jillian Jacqueline is singing on that yeah. song with me as well, um, which she's so good. Um, but that is his favorite, hands down. He, he will start singing it on his own. If we're in the car and he's fussy in his car seat, we'll put it on and he'll immediately stop and start singing. He knows the groove because it starts off with just drums and he immediately knows what it is. So yeah. it, that is definitely his favorite. Um, and I don't really know why, but he loves it. So uh, I'm not going to question it, you know, but that's his favorite for sure. I, as I mean, that was my nephew when he was that age. It was the Hamilton soundtrack. That's amazing. Figure out why he loved it so much. Maybe it'll come out here in later years, but I can't even believe that 2023 is almost over. I feel like I blinked and here we are, but Releasing a debut album is a big thing to check off your list for the year. But if you could check off one more thing before you know, we turn over another year. What do you think that might be? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, to be honest, I haven't even thought about that. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Had, you know, I, probably playing the Ryman. I, uh, <laughs> I haven't done it yet. And um, I've played the Opry, you know, many times, which is, you know, the, the newer since the 70s version of where it used to be. Um, but I have so much stuff going on this year that's so amazing and exciting and everything, and, and I'm I'm just thankful that it's all happening. But if I had to add something to it, I guess probably yeah, to make my uh, my Ryman debut at, at some point amongst all of that would be really cool. 
I want to take another moment to share even more about the upcoming Beach Life Ranch Music Festival. This three-day country festival coming to Redondo Beach, California, September 22nd through the 24th. Here's some of the best music right next to the ocean with performances from Brad Paisley, Winona Judd, Cody Jinks, and Midland. Get your tickets today at allcountrynews.com and we'll see you there. That's all the country news I have for you this week. Visit allcountrynews.com for more news and content from your favorite artists. I'm Rebecca Porter, signing off for All Country News. My name is Rebecca Porter. I run Women of Country Edits and Marin's Girls on Instagram. Both seek to celebrate women in the music industry and all things girl power. Thanks for listening. The All Country News Podcast is produced by Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you loved this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. Shout out to our friends Track 45 who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club where you just might get a huge surprise from one of your favorite artists on your birthday. Subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter to get all the news you just heard in this podcast even earlier, delivered straight to your inbox. And check out a new episode every Tuesday right here. All Country News.